welcome to Reimagine Hybrid Work, a Data for Betterment Foundation podcast. I'm your host, Maribel Lopez. I'm the founder of Lopez Research and the nonprofit, the Data for Betterment Foundation. The foundation's mission is to help individuals and companies prepare for the future of work by understanding how technology will change business and careers. If you like this episode, please visit reimaginehybridwork.com for links to follow the show on your favorite app and subscribe to our weekly newsletter for additional show content and articles. You can also find me on LinkedIn and Twitter at Maribel Lopez and my blog on lopezresearch.com. I hope you'll enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Maribel Lopez and we're talking about the future and current state of work as always. I'm really excited to be joined by another guest to really highlight some of the transitions and the opportunities that we have in the workplace today. I'm joined here today with Catherine Coleman. Uh, She's held several positions at 3M in areas such as employee development, strategy, culture, and now she's currently the Senior Vice President of Talent, Learning, and Insights. Hi, Catherine. Welcome to the program. Hello, Maribel. It's uh, wonderful to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Many of us know about 3M, uh, but I just thought for a little history, I went back and I looked at the About Us section in 3M, and it said more than a century ago, 3M started as a small-scale mining venture in northern Minnesota. Uh, But today, it's a global business with $35 billion in revenues in 2021. It offers over 60,000 3M products that are used in homes, businesses, schools, hospitals, and other industries, which is just an astounding number. And these are brands that we all know and love, uh, Ace, Command, Scotchgard, uh, brands that are in business like Peltor Ioneer Protection and healthcare to solutions such as depth filters and impurity removal, lots of different things. And while I was reviewing 3M's history, I found the specific statistic in the About Us section of 3M's website fascinating. It said, one third of our sales come from products invented within the past five years, thanks to innovations from thousands of researchers, scientists we employ around the world. That's an astounding number. (laughs) It's our focus on innovation through our technologies. We have a longstanding focus on that, but we really double down. The world is just changing too quickly. And so our needs are changing so quickly. And so we have to keep pace. And, uh, and, and so, you know, you see that in our, you see that in our product. Yeah. I think clearly what it showcases is that 3M has a culture that fosters innovation, which I think is what many organizations aspire to. And maybe we can spend a few minutes discussing some of this. Um, so I know one of the things that we are all concerned about in work is how do we attract and retain employees? And I know that a little more than a year ago, you introduced a program at 3M called Work Your Way. I thought maybe you could tell us a little bit about that program and why you created it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it's a, it, it's a good example, frankly, of, of innovation at work. We learned a lot in and through the, the pandemic. One of the things that we learned was that, you know, we can work remotely. We can do that effectively. We can be productive. And we also learned, you know, Freem is hugely global. You gave voice to that. We operate in more than 200 countries. So we learned a lot uh, through the pandemic. And um, one of the things that, that we learned 
is, and, and we didn't know this, we thought, oh, we have to be in person uh, so that we can work together. We thought we have to be able to see one another around, you know, the water cooler, right? The virtual, the water cooler, or, you know, to, to stay connected. And what the pandemic actually taught us is that in a company like 3M, where we are so global, we operate in more than 200 uh, countries, we have people all over the world that actually focusing on the ability to connect virtually created consistent platform to engage in a consistent way globally. It actually became a differentiator for our, our global workforce because we were able to, you know, you're not the person on on the phone in the conference room that people forget that you're there. That doesn't happen, you know, that, that stopped happening. En- engagement changed. Um, when we think about talent, and we think about, you know, for us, it's been a bit, it's been a differentiator as well. As we think about talent, people want, you know, one of the things that the pandemic has taught us is tomorrow is not promised. And so people are making very intentional decisions about how they work, where they work, how they spend their time, where they spend their time, and with whom they spend their time. For us, Work Your Way was became an evolution as we looked at our workforce and we said, hey, one, we are working effectively. We are being productive and our workforce, we trust our workforce. We don't need to see you to know that you're working. It's a global program founded in is uh, employee trust and employees drive the decision around how and where they work. That can be primarily remote. It could be a hybrid model or it could be primarily on site. And so it's really what works for you through conversations with your your manager and documentation of of approach. We trust our employees to work and we trust our employees to to get work done. And so it's it's been amazing. It's been a big lift for our, for our workforce and it's also been a big lift for us as we talk about think about an industrial manufacturing company, pretty old school, over 100 years old, saying no. You know what? You can work how and where and the ways in which you think you work best. I really like the teeing up of the concept that you have a hundred-year-old company, but yet you can still evolve into being very flexible about how and where you work. I, I called the podcast Reimagine Hybrid Work, but I think that's because distributed work was probably too long to put in a little square <laughs> on a podcast title, truthfully. <laughs> but it shows that, you know, we have we have remote, we have distributed, we have hybrid, we have lots of different ways we could talk about it. But I love this, you know, uh, work your way concept because you also brought up something really interesting, and that's that you, know, you work with your manager. There isn't a one-size-fits-all approach to this. And that's something that as I've been talking to more people about this we as we're we've come out of the pandemics uh, real dire aspects i think everybody is starting to realize that there isn't one way you can't just take one playbook and say this is the way for all people at all times and all geographies to do this so that's been an interesting learning on my behalf you know as an industry analyst we always want to make something a thing like here's how you do this it's not necessarily that cut and dry now the program's still quite new, and you mentioned some of the things that you've learned. But when you started out, did you have an idea of what success would be, or has the concept or notion of success changed as you've actually gotten into it? I would say that it's changed. It certainly has, has evolved. I think our, our first measure of success is how do we do this? How do we do this in a way that, frankly, respects the, the manager, the supervisor role, and respects the team 
or the individual preemer role as well. So how do you do it in a way that that doesn't feel, I guess I would say, like a takeaway? It's a change. I'm used to seeing my team when I come into the office and now my team member is saying, yeah, I'd like to be full-time remote. And so this, and as long as they're working well, that's that's okay. And so the way that we solved for that or the way that we addressed that is we recognized that there were times that it is important to be together as a team. And we call those moments that matter. And moments that matter are more than just, I want to sit and watch you work. They are, <laughs> hey, we need to work on this and it's optimal for us to do this together. We need to, um, it could be tied to anything, strategic planning. It could be, it, it could also be like a team building, frankly, activity, because we do know and all or nothing is not, you can't be all one way or all the other. It's always something that's more in the middle. Ensuring that, uh, and we encourage teams to focus on moments that matter where you're intentionally coming together, intentionally collaborating, intentionally working together. And I think that's one of the things that's amazing about 3M because at 3M, we don't ask why, we ask why not. So like, why can't we do that? What, what, what's the barrier to do that? And then we go about solving that. We formalize the uh, identification or the, the, the expression of, are you hybrid? Are you mainly remote? Are you fully on site? So we use our, our internal system so that there was clarity because that was really important. We need to be sure that it's clear. We need to be sure that it's documented. We had to look at our local uh, at, at, at laws. You know, we needed to ensure compliance because rules in different countries are different. Even rules in, in, in parts of the U.S., frankly, are different. What does it mean in terms of how we need to su- support our people uh, so that they can work remotely? Right. So we had to we had to we had to solve for all of those. Uh, so sorry, I think I, w- I went further than than maybe the question. Those were yeah, that's great. <laughs> the solution for. And I think that concept of solutioning is important because I think the original thing that we were all thinking is like, okay, so you've got some collaborative collaboration tools, you're good to go, and not that that's not important. We clearly needed those collaboration tools, but it's more than that. You know, there's, there's taxation regulations you have to worry about. There's uh, what kind of workplace benefits do you provide somebody that's full-time remote? You know, do they get desk furniture for home? Do they get specific kits outfitted to them? There's all sorts of decisions that had to happen as a result of that. I, I do wonder though, as you went into this, did you decide that there were any kind of tools or innovations that you needed to make this new work environment operate effectively? I, I would say our approach, we were a bit building the plane and flying it. You know, we were we were leveraging teams just like many others leveraged, other, whether it was teams or, or, or other uh, collaboration tools. We, um, we, we really focused on helping to, I would say, upskill our own employees around, hey, this is how you want to work or how we can work in, in more of a virtual environment. And fortunately for us, because we are, um, again, a hugely global company, we already had a lot of those resources and, and learning and development in place because we have global teams. And so we often had to work remotely. So we really reinforced and in, 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 in that case, kind of doubled down on, on those resources. I, I will mention that we, as part of Teams, we have a Post-it app that is part of Teams to help 
uh, enhance the collaboration. So we are very committed in this space in a, in a, in a number of ways. Uh, but Teams was our anchor. Um, and then again, for managers, hey, these are these are tips. Here are things that you need to do for even things like etiquette. If someone's not on camera, that's not that doesn't mean they're not engaged. So allowing kind of that freedom as well and, and being sure that the entire workforce was clear, our non-production workforce was clear on on some of those kind of rules of the road were really important for us. Um, in some cases, even more than just like the collaboration tools themselves. That makes a lot of sense because I think the role of the manager has changed fundamentally when you could just, you know, walk over and see somebody or even to your point when it was just a small subset of people that were remote, you might not have had as much care and attention to dealing with them because 90% of your people were this way. So now you have to figure out a different way of doing it. I also think the metrics that we're looking at change because a lot of what we were looking at before was you were there and you are getting it done. And now it's like, you're not there and you're still getting it done. And it's really more about what are our outcomes and when does that thing happen? It's not that those weren't always the metrics. I just think we have a different way of monitoring and measuring them than we had in the past. And that's different for each organization as far as I can tell right now. But it's good to see that we've evolved to that point. Sorry, just maybe maybe one comment on the metrics. One of the things, so I mentioned that we we formalize, so formal nature to this, right? So folks aren't just running around doing whatever they, they want to. You have to actually document. But part of the document process is also are you receiving, you know, did you have the conversation you needed to have with your manager? Do you have the resources that you need to do this? And and our results are 90 plus percent, you know, across the board, positive. So just overwhelmingly positive managers and employees, team members alike. And so that's an indicator for us that we're not only providing the right information, but that the conversations are happening and that people are getting what they need, right? Uh, uh, and, and that's also, that was a really important indicator for us because we know that flexibility is so critically important to the workforce. I'm wondering from your perspective, we were talking about the moments that matter. And one of the things that I've been trying to assess is, are there tips or thoughts or ways on how we make employees feel connected when they're working in that remote hybrid environment? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I tell you, it's really, a, it's really important to do. In the context of moments that matter, I think one of the things that we really um, guide our, our leaders to do is to ensure that there's some, that, that, that that connection is meaningful, that whether it is you're working on meaningful work that has like an output and folks say, hey, yeah, this was good. We needed to come and do this, that, the, that there's a level of, of intention around how the time is spent together. So uh, and again, I think this is a pandemic, uh, a learning that we had managers and uh, supervisors and, and team members, frankly, are, are in a position where, where we have a view to people that we never had. You're seeing people's children. You're seeing people's animals. You are, you're seeing people's living spaces. There's a level of, of closeness or at least visibility we never had to people before. The way that that starts to, um, the way I think that that manifests for managers, what, why that's important for managers is there's that, that, that also has changed how managers need to engage in a hybrid or in a virtual environment. It, it means often 
leading with a level of empathy. Hey, how are you doing? Whereas when you're in the workplace, it's just like, hey, can we work on X, Y, Z? Because you've been together maybe all day, right? This importance of empathy, and there's a lot of research that that even pre-pandemic and then since around the importance of empathy and leaders kind of really leading with that and demonstrating the care and the interest. It's both care and interest, right? I care about how you're doing. I'm interested in how you're doing. And you're able to actually ask different questions because like you now you know that my cat doesn't like it when we're we're talking on camera. Hey, where's your cat? So now you can have different kinds of 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 connections. So leveraging those connections that now frankly you didn't have because you were in a different different format, right? Um, so so that's one thing. I think the other thing is I mentioned moments that matter. We talk about intentional intentionality around when we do get together. And and so I, I think it is important when you can get together that those moments are really, really um, uh, meaningful. You know, you're not just getting together to look at each other. You're getting together to, 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 to rally, to come together and create something. You're coming together to, uh, with a shared goal in mind. You could be coming together, as I mentioned, from like a team building standpoint, which is great. But then there's still that output of, hey, I know you even better. And, uh, and, and, and it could be breaking bread together, right? I think for managers, and it's really different because managers uh, and supervisors have, have been rewarded and their teams have, have always appreciated, right? I guess I would say leaders that lead with empathy, but there's never been such a time as this when it's an expectation, I would say. You know, we're, we're on these teams calls every week and you never mention things that are obviously going on with me, right? employees so because employees are changing and so managers have to think uh and so so i think those are some of the things the intentionality how are we engaging how are we um how are we connecting right really connecting with our employees frankly in a more personal way than we have i feel that way with my clients as well Mm -hmm. you know being being introduced to the whole person is mm-hmm. really interesting. It's like, you know, they have kids, they have pets, uh, mm-hmm. they live in different environments. There's all sorts of interesting things now that just in a lot of ways makes the relationship deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, empathy is something that, that I think is really difficult if you haven't practiced it before to actually bring into your environment. And I think that will be one of the critical new skills of my lifetime, that that will come into management. Now, you've talked a lot about uh, what you've been doing. I think the use case is fascinating and you're doing a great job of it. I'm wondering if you have any advice for organizations. The, the best advice I, I can give is listen to your employees. Listen to them. It's a good one. And believe what they say. I think sometimes we ask our teams questions and we maybe have assumptions about the answers and it's kind of like, well, no, that's not the answer I was looking for. And that's not helpful. Our employees were very clear. Hey, we like this. <laughs> I love it. We like this, right? And so we so we listen to them. But that doesn't mean you don't listen in context. It doesn't mean that you don't put arms around a thing. It doesn't mean that you don't put a process around. It doesn't mean that you're 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 going to be out of compliance with local regulatory requirements. It just means you don't ask why. You ask why not. And you go about solutioning for that. The, the other thing I would say is trust your, trust your employees. This is a trust-based effort. 
the idea that that you have to come on site so people can look at you and watch you it's an antiquated idea now the reality is if you're not doing what you're supposed to do that's that'll that'll bear out you know folks will see that but having this this mix you know being flexible enough to have this mix of yes we trust you and we trust you're going to do your job because we've seen you do your job in 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 multiple ways and at the same time saying hey we need you to come in because we know that in person is really important so just being being balanced would be would be the other recommendation i would say it's so important to be balanced it, everything doesn't have to be all or nothing and i i guess what i would say is the last piece of advice i would offer is once you make a decision, it's a little hard to go back on it. It's not that you don't. People make business decisions all the day, and I'm not trying to be critical. What I'm trying to say is um, there's an impact when you do that. And so just being really, I think sometimes we make assumptions about, well, people should just be glad to have a job, for example. And, and I would say coming as we've moved through the pandemic, if we've learned anything, we've learned that folks are like, yeah, I'm good. because we can see through multiple segments how people have communicated that. Nope, I'm not going to do that because that's not right for me in my life. That's not good for my mental health. That's not good for this, that, and the other. And and in particular, you're probably your most key, um, and that's not by level, that's that skill sets. You know, some of those, the, your most key skill sets, they'll, they can go someplace else. So you have to just kind of think about that. I absolutely agree with that. You brought up so many good points. It's funny when you were sitting there and you were rolling out the, you know, we have to come in the office so I can see you to see if you're working. It just made me laugh because when you hear it said out loud like that, it sounds Mm -hmm. silly. It really does. (laughs) I'm like, okay, that does sound fairly antiquated. But I mean, there's some roles that you have to be in the office, right? That's you you are client facing, you have to be there. But there are other roles where, you know, we're obviously talking about the roles that you don't. I love the concept of trust, because I think at the end of the day, those are the best teams, the teams that trust each other are the best teams. You had noted that there's a certain amount of clarity that one needs to put around that so that everybody's clear on you know, A, where you're supposed to be, when you're supposed to be there, what the outcome is that we're looking for, the time frame. And I think that those might have been things that we were not as specific about before that we now understand we need to be more specific about. And the reality is that the employees that you want probably do have a choice. So you want to be the right choice for them. So I think those are all incredibly valid points that anybody can take away and use in their organization. So we've come to that point in the podcast where I call it the bonus question. It's actually the closing question. I don't know if I'm going to call it closing or bonus, but it is, (laughs) is there a book or like I said, I, every podcast I ask the same question. So I guess it's really the closing question, but um, is there a book, a podcast, an activity or a place that you'd like to recommend to the audience and why did you select it? It doesn't have to be technology related or anything. Just kind of curious. Yeah, I actually like, um, uh, I've been reading the the redesigning work by uh, Laura, um, or I'm sorry, Lin- Linda, Linda Breton. Um, and and I think that, um, you know, just interesting concepts and interesting ways to, to just kind of think about work. I've been enjoying that. 
Fabulous. Thank you. And I look forward to hearing more about your progress with reimagining how work is done and congratulations for building a successful, innovative culture. This has been Maribel Lopez and Catherine Coleman. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please visit reimaginehybridwork.com to subscribe to the show and the newsletter. Until next time, wishing you all of the best in everything in life and in technology. Thank you.